Okay, at this time I uh, have the privilege of uh, inviting a very special speaker today. Uh, I do emphasize special. And uh, Cameron, come on up. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, brother. Okay. Hi, everybody. Okay. Who knew it would be so nerve-wracking to talk to people that I know? Um, and I know pretty well. I know most of the people in this room. Um, and I'm going to do my best to not get overly excited, which is why I have this, because um, I get very animated and I like to move around, and eventually I might accidentally end up on somebody's lap, and I don't think anybody would like that. Um, like I said, I'm really excited, not that you have any idea that that happens. Um, sitting down. We're good. Okay, so you guys survived Christmas. Congratulations. Um, uh, what's next? That's the question uh, I have to start us off with. Um, and if I may uh, start also by congratulating you, you are on the top 0.01%. What I mean by that is that you are on the top 0.01% of the world's population who are here this morning trying to establish why you believe what you believe. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because so many people in the world don't actually know why they believe what they believe. So the fact that you are here, sitting in here this morning, you love Jesus, you just worshipped, and now you're here to learn something about him and, and deepen that relationship, like that is commendable. So I applaud you guys. Anyhow, uh, moving on. Um, so this morning, um, I have a, a question that I just want to uh, kind of send home. And that question is, why do you believe what you believe? Um, it's, it's interesting. I ask that question all the time to the high schoolers, and I get this response, uh, which is high school for I don't know, and sometimes it's also college or adult for I don't know. Um, and I also get this, you know, because I like it. And, and what? Like, you, because you like it? Like, you just have this truth because it sounds good and it's fuzzy and... Uh, <laughs> You know, the thing is, is that I really like red jello, but I can tell you why I like red jello, okay? I like the way it tastes, I like the way it feels in my mouth, and it's squishy, and it explodes, and it dances on my tongue, and it's a, you know, woohoo, party in my mouth. You know, I like red jello. I also, um, specifically, I like the red flavor. I don't care what flavor it is, raspberry, strawberry, cherry, whatever flavor it is, I just like the red. You know, I like it. It's good. It's fun, and it's delicious. Um... But anyhow, like, I can explain why I like it, you know? And it's truth because I know it, and I know it here, not just up here. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about tolerance today. We're going to talk a little bit about truth and what is truth and uh, what truth is true for our lives as Christians. Um, and I'm very passionate about asking the why question. If you know me very well, that's usually my question for everything is why. Um, why do you believe what you believe? So, bear with me here for a moment. See if you've heard this in the Bible. And Jesus said unto his disciples, Go forth into all of the world, teaching all men to live any way that they please, urging each to find his or her own path to God. Let not any one of you make someone feel inferior or victimized because of their beliefs. And above all, be tolerant. Verily, verily, I say unto you, what you believe and how you live don't matter. Just as long as you're sincere, 
Now leaving that place, Jesus took his disciples to Jerusalem and they broke bread in the upper room and he addressed them again by saying, I am one of the ways. I am one of the truths. If you choose to get to the Father or Mother by me, that's cool. And now go forth and live according to whatever feels good to you. And there was much rejoicing. That's not in your Bibles? Crazy, right? But most of the world does believe that. And they don't even know why. Um, We live in a society today that pushes an ideology of live and let live, don't debate, and please don't, don't be intolerant. Just be tolerant to everybody. It's warm and fuzzy and hugs and ugh. It's just, here's, here's this question that I want you guys to keep in mind. Why do you believe what you believe? So we have this thing, tolerance. Yay! You know, we've changed the meaning of tolerance in America today. It, it used to mean you believe something, and I believe something different from you. Like, I have an opposite belief system from you. And we're going to get along knowing that we believe different things. I can live with that. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't offend me. It doesn't make my skin crawl. Um, that's what it used to mean. Today it means... <laughs> today it's become this idea that you can believe something different from me and we can have different beliefs and we can both be right. Um, what? <laughs> we can both be right? All of us? Both of us? Everyone? We can all be right? It, it just feels so good. It's so fuzzy and warm and and cuddly, and have a Coke, and a smile, and, you know, we can all be right, everybody, and we can split off into parallel universes of rightness, and not so wrong. I, it just, it really, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense at all, Um, because we can't be, we can't both be right. Um, It's just, I don't know, just hearing that, it it just, I want to hug everybody, you know, how do you, how do you respond to that kind of an argument? We can both be right. So, I kind of have a story, and, and, and I hope I don't lose you guys in it, but I met a friend once on a plane, and, and we've been friends ever since. And I'm sitting down, and I have this policy on planes that I don't talk to anybody on planes. Like, I put the headphones on, I sit in my seat, and, you know, there was a guy off in the corner, and he was, you know, by the window, and he's fine. There was nobody in between us, and, you know, headphones on, quiet. And the lady starts coming down the aisle, and and this is in high school. I was going to go visit a college. And this lady starts coming down the aisle, and she's, you know, chicken or beef, chicken or beef, you know, asking people what they want for dinner. And she finally gets to me, and I look up at her, and she's all chicken or beef. And I look up at her, and I'm like, surprise me, because I'll be surprised if this is chicken or beef. And she (laughs) didn't think I was funny, and I was sitting there like, "Mm, I am so funny. And she put down this plate of gray, gravy-colored meat, and she was like, you eat this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she asked the gentleman at the window, she was like, well, what do you want, and, or chicken or beef? And he's all, oh, well, do you have a vegetarian plate? And she's like, we do. And I'm like, you do? And I mean, you do. And so she hands him this plate that has food on it, like it's actual food. It grew somewhere, like real food. And she puts it down, and she goes away. And I'm like, I'm starting to ask my question in my head, why, you know? And I'm like, you know, maybe he's just smarter than the rest of us and knows how to get real food on planes. And so I turned to him and I'm like, hey, I don't know if, 
you know, is it okay if I ask a question? He's like, sure, of course. And I'm like, are you really a vegetarian? He's like, yeah. And then I'm like, how, is, how long has it been? Like it's prison or something. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, 10 years. I'm like, 10 years? Why? And he looks at me and he explains it in dead serious, I kid you not. He looks at me and he says, oh, well, animals are my friends and I don't want to eat my friends. What? I love my friends. I like them grilled and sautéed and fried and ma 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 la 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 la. I I I love food. It's meat. It's good. It's delicious. Um, and vegans. I I don't understand that. Like no honey because of the plight of the honeybee. Like honey is delicious. It's great on everything. It's just it's good. Um, but anyhow, I I ask him why, and you know he explains that, and I'm just blown away, and I'm. You know, anyhow, uh, so we get to talking, and I threw my policy of not talking out on airplanes right out the window, and I didn't even ask him if he wanted to talk. I just, like, you, you are interesting, and that is a great answer, and I must know everything about you, and so we talked the whole, whole time, and eventually something came up in the conversation. It wasn't he or I. It was something going on in the world at the time, and I was just like, that's so wrong. Can you believe how wrong that is? And he looked at me dead serious. And he said, Cameron, I don't believe in right and wrong. (sighs) What most of you may or may not know about me is I have very little control over this part of my body. I, I just, I, I have very little control over this part of my body. And I just, what? You don't believe in right and wrong. And I am physically holding my mouth shut. And he says this and he's like, I don't believe in right and wrong. And I'm like, slap him, slap him really hard. And uh, this is what's going on in my mind, by the way. I'm like, slap him because it wouldn't be really, it wouldn't be wrong. And he would look at me and I would just wind up and and he'd be like, stop that. Why? And he'd be like, touche. And it wouldn't be right and wrong. Like, how can you seriously believe that? And, and he, he looks at me and I ask him why. Because I want to know the why. I ask the why question. Why do you believe what you believe? Keep that question in mind in the back of your head as you hear this. And he's, So I ask him why he believes this. And he starts to say something about planting and government and oppression and trees and growing. And I'm not sure if he was talking about like agriculture or people or babies. It's just, he was talking and I just, it, none of it stuck. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I just, I'm looking at him and we have this conversation. And in my head, you know, I want to ask that why question. So I start asking him like, okay, well, you know, and because I'm splashy and I cannonball with my questions, I kind of was like, okay, well, what do you think about Hitler? And he's like, oh, why does everybody want to talk about Hitler? And I'm like, because um, he's bad. And he's like, well, I can't tell Hitler that what he did was wrong. And I'm like, you can't tell Hitler what he did was wrong. He killed like 6.8 million people. He's like, no, I can't. And I'm like, how do you believe this? And he looks at me dead straight and he's like, I just can't tell anyone what is right or wrong for their own life. And I'm, I'm blown away by this. I, I just, I can't believe there are people out there who believe that. And I, so we're talking, we're, we're going into a longer, deeper conversation. I, I even brought up abortion. I mean, abortion is a really hot topic for me. I was like, you know, how do you feel about abortion? He's like, ah, anything that a government or a religion tells a woman to do with her body is wrong and it's oppressive and offensive. And, and for me, it's, I, I know it's a topic that I can't talk about um, because it hits me so hard. My, my brother is adopted. He was adopted out of the family. And, you know, his mother, we have the same father, different mothers, you know, for him, she was 17 
several brothers and sisters themselves. Most times they don't keep the baby. And so it's a really hot topic for me, and I brought it up, and you know, we talked about it, and you know, conversation goes on and whatnot, and, and you know, we got a little heated, and then eventually he stopped talking, and I was just like quiet, and he was sitting, and I'm eating my gravy-covered meat, and he's eating his salad, and I didn't know what to do. I thought I offended him. And, um, you know, we started talking some more, and he was like, you know, you didn't offend me, you didn't make me angry, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, and he starts to say, he's like, no, it's really not you, I've got something else going on, and I asked him about this situation, and, and what was going on, he's like, oh, it's at home, you know, my best friend is my roommate, and uh, we've been living together for a really long time, and, and he hasn't paid rent in like three or four months, and I'm like, wow, um, and I, I wanted to go into, you know, that's wrong, and he didn't really want to hear that, but he, he sits there, and, you know, I asked him, I was like, okay, so you know your whole argument that there's no right and wrong, and we can always compromise and get along and whatnot? He's like, yeah, we totally do. I'm like, that doesn't really work. And he looked at me, and he's like, no, we can always, you know, compromise and talk it out. We can both be right. And I looked at him, and I was like, really? Okay, so do you have money and credit cards in your wallet? And he's like, yeah, of course. I was like, can I have the money and credit cards? And he was like, no. And I was like, would you like to compromise? And he's like, of course. I'm like, just give me half. And then after this, we'll go to lunch and I'll buy. And he didn't like that so much. And he was like, he was like I, I, I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, well, that's nice because now I'm angry. Very angry. And I would like to shoot you. Can I shoot you? No. He like yells at me and he's like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. What are you getting at? And I'm like, you know... How about this? I'll compromise. Put up your toe. I'll shoot off your pinky toe. I'm a good shot. I'll take it off. You will cry. I will laugh hysterically. And compromise will be had. And then we'll go out to lunch and I'll buy. And he, he just looked at me with this face like, eh. And so he tells me about this situation, you know. And I'm like, first of all, your friend, okay? What he's doing is stealing from you. And he looks at me like, eh, I don't like that. And like, I get that. I, I get that you don't understand the concept of right and wrong, and I get that you just don't want to believe in it, but it's true. He's stealing with you. You don't have this communist thing where, you know, you are sharing all the bills and all the chores and all the work and stuff like that. No. You pay bills. He gives you money. That's how it works. That's how the contract works. And, you know, he got so angry, and we kind of talked it out, and we finally came to this conclusion where as we were getting off the plane, he talked to me, and I was like, you know, Cameron, I don't know if I consciously believe in right and wrong, but I think subconsciously I do. And that's a start. That's, that's kind of where this conversation needs to go with us as Christians, as non-Christians, um, is that why do you believe what you believe? And, and you know, apologetics and, and uh, hermeneutics is why you believe what you believe and now defend it, own it, actually live it. Um, and I'll, I'll even throw out there, too, I, I don't know if you noticed in his reaction to me, but tolerance is so one-sided, um, especially in the world that we live in today. Like, if you believe in Jesus and you believe that there are consequences for your life and that there are moral rules that govern your life, then you are intolerant and hateful and you are oppressing others with your beliefs and you're offensive. Like, I get that so much with people, you know. I'm just trying to have a conversation about what I believe and what you believe, and I want to understand from your perspective, and you understand from my, my perspective. But, for example, I mean, it's Christmas time right now, and we have these, these things that the world is trying to tell us and uh, 
trying to kind of force on us, these, these beliefs. And I want to look at what tolerance is like with the world and the Bible. And you guys can be the judge. Tell me which one is more tolerant. Um, and just to reaffirm, reaffirm what truth is, and I, I say truth with a capital T, um, because all Scripture is God-breathed. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training. Um, so here's a couple of points. Um, the world says that you must be rich to be important. Sounds really tolerant, right? We as Christians who believe in Christ, we believe that you must be alive to be important. Okay? You breathe, you eat, you drink. You are of worth and value to the world. You are of worth and value to relationship with Christ and with God. It's amazing. Isaiah 41:17 says it so well. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. That is so individual to you and me. It's not a group of people who have money and have, you know, status. It's you, you going through the muck and the, and the grime day to day. That's what God's saying to us. He's like, I see you in your trial, in your tribulation, in your issues, and I want to meet you there. The world also says that you must be popular or a celebrity to have influence, but we as Christians, we believe that we individually have influence. Proverbs 9.9 says it so well, give instruction to a wise man, not give instruction to a group of people, uh, to your friend who you've known your entire life, or it's give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. I love that it says that. I love that it says teach and they'll learn and they'll become wiser and it's so individual, you know. The world says you've got to have this status, this popularity, you've got to wear the right clothes, say the right things, talk the right talk. But God is just saying to us, he says through Proverbs, Old Testament and New Testament alike, you know, learn, breathe me in, get to know who I am and I'll in turn show the world who I am through you. Um, another one, and this, this speaks a lot to me because I really I have a heart for the homeless. The world says the homeless choose to be that way, but we, as Christians, we say the homeless are there for us to love that way. I love what Matthew twenty five thirty five says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And if you know that, that, that verse in the conversation afterwards, the disciples are looking at Jesus and they're like, when did we do that? And he says, to the stranger, to the poor person, the, the cripple, you did it to them, you did it to me in the same. And that's amazing. Every person that I encounter, when I love them the way Jesus loves me, I might as well be loving Jesus and showing him proof of it. Um, the world, especially now with you know, presidential debates going left and right and words being thrown out. The world says that politics matter. But we say, as Christians, that personal responsibility matters. 1 Corinthians 13.11 When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So when we step out of that, that stance of... of I am a child, and we step into adulthood and understanding, and we step into relationship with Jesus, we say, 
okay, this is no longer about me. I now have to own what I believe. I have to actually be what I say I'm going to be. And of course, we're going to fail. We're going to mess up. We're going to screw up. But here's the grand thing. is Even if you don't know it all, I mean, I don't know anything. I know a couple of things. They're really good. Um, there, are, there are so many people who walk around with this religious attitude of, I'm going to preach to you and you're going to listen and you're going to do what I say and that's not what it's about. At the end of the day, even if you're saying the wrong thing, but you love Jesus, you're still right and you still get to go to heaven. That's the beauty of it. I mean, God will eventually set you straight and fix the little details, but you still get to go to heaven at the end of the day. Um, Another one. The world says that the government should take care of us. Give me my $15 an hour. But we as Christians say that we should take care of each other. I love this verse. It's straight out of the Message Bible, and it's Galatians 6, 2-3. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them. I love this series that Dan just finished. It's all about restoration. It's all about the gift of Christ at Christmas and how it restores us into relationship, not just with God, but with each other. And I love that, and it just it hits me right here so hard, and I just it's, it's weighty, you know what I mean? It just weighs really heavy. But I love this. You know, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is over. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. There are several things that Satan's really good at deceiving us about. Number one is that he even exists. Number two is that we don't have to serve to be good Christians. And, and I say good Christians because really, I mean, your entire life should be service to something, someone it's so hard in the world that we grow up that says me, mine. I mean, first word the toddler learns, mine, give me. It's always the me. It's never, oh, yours. You don't see that very often with kids. Um, random trail right there. But I just love that. And what's Christ's law? We all know what Christ's law is. Love God, love people, make disciples. And we overcomplicate it so much. Um, Next one, and this is kind of my last comparison here, is the world that says that war is inevitable, but we say as Christians that peace is always possible. John 16:13 puts it so eloquently. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We will never have world peace. Let's just accept that right now. But... That's the beauty of Christ, is his peace transcends any trials that we will go through in this world, any trials that we will go through in this life, any arguments that we might have. The world will never come to an agreement on politics, on religion, on viewpoints. We will always be in conflict. I mean, we live in a world that God has kind of stepped away from. And he hasn't stepped away from us in relationship, but the world has made its choice and they've made the choice that we're going to keep you out of it, and that, or God out of it. And that's so unfortunate. And <laughs> I accidentally threw this verse in there. It was supposed to be a different verse, but I love what it says. And it's 1 John three sixteen through 17. 
This is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. I love how Jesus does that. He takes it from other Christians. And then in that part right there, and not just be out for ourselves, that extends it beyond these four walls, beyond the church, beyond the people that we're in community with. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears, and you made it disappear. That blows my mind right there. So you're meaning if I become religious, and I become about the rules, and I tell you that you have to meet God, not God meeting you where you're at. I'm removing God from the equation. That's why it's so important to know why you believe what you believe. That's why I'm going to pound that question into your head so that you walk out of here questioning that. Um, by the way, God gave you a book. He gave you a Bible that he breathed life into. And I love it because one of my leaders in, in the youth group, she said this once, the Bible is like Facebook. It's God's news feed directly to you. And it's constantly being updated, and it's constantly speaking different truths to you. Sometimes you can read one verse one day, and you can read it another day, and get two completely amazing, different, life-giving truths. It's amazing how the Word just ministers to us when we need it to, not how we want it to. Um, and I love what Jesus says. He, he Just over and over again, love God, love people, make disciples. So... In this next year, in 2016, how are you going to do this? How are you going to be Christ followers? I want you to think about that. How are you going to show people that you know why you believe what you believe? And it's not just because you like it or because it's what you do on Sunday morning. and You're checking the box of my religiosity has been fulfilled for the day. You know, Get into the higher places of your mind and put yourself into someone else's shoes. Ask yourself those hard questions. Read the Bible Ask those questions. Why do I believe this? Why do I hold this to be true for my life? And then answer them. Um, in my life recently, this question, I mean, the past three months or so, God has been challenging me so much. And I used to be scared of the LGBT community. They used to weird me out. I didn't understand it. It, it never made sense to me. And then finally God challenged me and he said, all right, I want you to actually get to know one of these people. And I want you to love on him the way I would love on you. And I got to know a friend of mine. I actually know him from high school, and I've known him for many years now. And, you know, he doesn't believe a single thing that I believe. But we can sit down and have a conversation about why we hold these truths so valuable to our lives. And we can have a conversation. And I get to understand him, and he gets to understand me. And it's not an argument or a debate. And, and so often we as Christians, we get so offended and we get so angry and instead of having a conversation, it becomes that debate and then that person never wants to come to church and see why we believe what we believe. And God challenged me and he said, you know, you can be friends with someone who doesn't believe what you believe without forcing your beliefs on them. And so often as Christians, we walk away from that because we're right and they're wrong. That's not the point. Just love them like Jesus would. Not condoning their lifestyle, but loving them where they're at. 
It's what Jesus did for you and me. He loves us both where we're at. And (laughs) the best example I can think of is that he lets us play in traffic. Um, I have a nephew, and he is crazy. He's actually, his name is Little Cameron. Um, Well, it's Cameron. My, My sister named him after me, but he's Little Cameron. I'm Big Cameron. And he used to do this thing where he would run out into traffic and I used to have to teach him, like, stopping him. And, I'm, you know, I got a ball out of one of those 25-cent machines, you know. And it comes rolling out and bouncing, and it starts going to the street. And he ran up, and he said, go grab it. And he, he stopped, and he turned around, and he's like, I did it, Cam Bam. And I picked him up, and I twirled him around, like, oh, I'm so proud of you. But, like, what if I didn't do that? And I let him run into traffic, and I let him get hit by a car. You would take him away from me. He would never, I would never be allowed to take care of my nephew, and yet God lets us play in traffic all the time. He lets us get hit by cars, and, and it's not because he doesn't love us, but it's because he wants to tell us, my way is better. You know, listen to me. Don't step into traffic. Don't run after that thing. Don't step off the curb. And yet we play in traffic, and then we point our finger and shake our fists at God. That's why it's so important. I can't even... Uh, over and over again, why do you believe what you believe? Um, bear with me here. I want to try something out. and If you will, uh, close your eyes and just let the Holy Spirit kind of minister to you. Uh-huh. I want to be real with you. I want to live Sunday no different than Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I want to see God's church full of hurting people. And when I look out into the crowd, I want to see a familiar face that looks just like mine. I want to worship beyond my devotions. I want to worship beyond a Sunday emotion. Worship from my heart so strong that me and God never grow apart. Because when I lose sight of His truth, my ministry becomes a performance. This sanctuary, it becomes a theater. And the saved and the unsaved both become an audience. And worship is no longer worship. It becomes entertainment. And man's applause and approval become the measure of my success. I want our ministry as Christians to be to the glory of God that His presence moves not just into our hearts, but into our lives and that it begins to flow out of us. And other people begin to look at us and say, I want to be what you are. I want to experience life like you experience life. Religion says that God will love us if we change. But the gospel's truth is that God loves change. God's love changes us. And when His love changes me in my life, I am free to be who He created me to be. And so now, as, as your eyes are closed, I, I want to ask this question. Do you want that authentic life? And you may be a Christian, you may not be a Christian in this room this morning. But I'm challenging you with this question, why do you believe what you believe? And if it's one of those things where you're just going day to day, I want to encourage you that This life is so much more than just a day-to-day routine. It's more than a Sunday morning. And if you want prayer for me to just encourage you 
in that challenge, I, I'm not going to ask you to do something crazy like step up and yell out anything obscure. But I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to pray, and I, I hope that you can agree with me in prayer. God, we want to live authentic lives for you, Lord. We don't want to get caught up in the religiosity of it all. It's not about what we wear. It's not about how we talk. Lord, we know we're going to screw up, but I pray that we keep sight of the grace that you've given to us. And I pray that your grace just ministers to us daily. And that when we screw up a hundred times on Monday, or even Sunday, Wednesday and Friday, Lord, I pray that your grace just reminds us, that you restore us, that you minister to us where we are, and that we don't feel like we have to be all right before we can come before you. Lord, I pray that your truth just reigns that it speaks to our hearts and that we search it out, Lord. Because your truth is, is undeniable. It proves itself over and over in our lives. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't want to bring other people here. So Lord, I pray right now, reaffirm us in our belief. Reaffirm us in, in, in why. So that when we're questioned, we can answer with confidence. Jesus, I thank you. I praise you. I give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all I got.